Okay, let's 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 pray before we begin. Um, let's pray for Pastor Rachel and, and pray for yourselves, okay? Let's just ask the Holy Spirit to open our hearts and give us hearts of expectation, anticipation for what He's going to teach us and what He's going to do. Holy Spirit, we invite you here and we invite you to just reign in this place and to fill our hearts and, and fill us with, with just a sense of expectation of what you're going to do and come and stir a hunger and a faith and, and, and just a desire for more of you, Lord, as we listen to your word. And we pray that you bless Pastor Rachel as she speaks to us. We thank you for her heart for you and we ask that you anoint her and you pour your spirit on her and just bless her even as she blesses us, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, hello everyone. Hi, good to see all of you here. I am so blessed to be back. Thank you for the invitation. Um, and I'm really excited. Are you guys excited about your series on Acts? It's, yeah, it's one of the really, I mean, okay, all the books of the Bible is really good. But Acts is also a really good book. Uh, just a little bit, I just spent the last year with Jess. We had a great time. Uh, in KC, in America, we hung out, we prayed, we ate, and I'm just so glad to have met her and be back in this church, yeah? Um, and I just want to dive right in. Uh, I talk a little bit faster, you just have to really track with me, is that okay? Yeah? Yeah? Can can respond? Hello? Okay, very good. So I know you guys kind of know this, we're going to do a little bit of a speed run through it, but the context of X is a good book. Luke kind of wrote it. And when you study Acts, you kind of read Acts with? Oh, yeah, perfect. Luke, because Luke wrote it, right? I, I gave you the hint prior to that. Luke and Acts, they kind of go ahead and hand you begin to understand God's heart. And, you know, have you know that there's two testaments in the Bible? Okay, great. <laughs> At least I have someone here who feels me. We have two testaments. We have the, oh, wow, brilliant, and correct. So when you have the New Testament, you have the full version, right? The Old Testament is a portion of Scripture, but you must have the marriage of both Old and New Testament for a complete story. And I love the Old Testament. I mean, I've been reading it. I've been, I've been loving Isaiah. How many of you guys read Isaiah? Oh, I tell you, it's such a good book. But of course, the Old Testament um, pinpoints Israel, which is a really big portion of God's heart. But there's something about the New Testament that I really love. It is the complete picture, the bride of Christ, not just about Israel, but also the Gentiles coming in. And Acts is the documentation of God's favorite thing, His church, His bride, the full version of Jews and Gentiles. So this is why... X is so important and beautiful because it's a full picture of God's heart, okay? Now, when, we, when y'all started the, the book of X, I loved it because who was it addressed to? Huh? Who? What? Wow, I hear so many answers and it's correct, okay? It's written, I mean, you read Acts 1, chapter 1, right? It's to Theophilus, right? The book was to, written to him, and, and you know what it means? Friend of God. 
friend of God. The book starts off by saying, hey, you, friend of God. Hey, you, beloved one. Hey, you, loved by God. And I don't know about you, but most of the time when you text someone, you talk to someone, do you just go, hey, or do you go, hey, my beloved? No, right? It's like, even if you're good friends, you just go like, hey, uh, what's up, right? You don't go, hey, my good, wonderful, nice, awesome friend. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But most of the time, do you address so much affection in your text? Even if you have, I think you also won't admit to me. Right? But it says, friend of God. And this is the heartbeat of your father. Your heavenly father that is knowing that from ages to come, there will be a group of people today on the 6th of September. At about five minutes to five, we will be dissecting this book. And he wants us to know that we're his friends, that we're his beloved ones, that a book, a story that made so much sense 2,000 years ago makes so much more sense today. It's not obsolete. It is still beautiful, raw, and authentic and can touch our lives. And a book starts with saying, hey, you are still my friend. You are my beloved one. And will you just turn to your neighbor and say, you are God's beloved. You see his face? Does he believe you? Because whether or not their face tell it, it is the truth. You are deeply loved by God. Okay, uh, the content so far in X1, what happened? What happened? Huh? Oh, yes, correct. I'm beginning to hear all your answers. You know, we're beginning to fill each other in our minds. In Acts 1, Jesus left. Man, I mean, come on. It's hard. Jesus left. He went to be with the Father. This is the, the story, the beginning. But he promises something. What did Jesus promise? Fantastic. He promised the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came, encouraged the believers, the disciples. And many are saved. Do you understand that for the first time, your leader leaves you? And suddenly, many people are getting saved. Many, it's, your ministry is growing. There's so much fruit. You've never experienced all these things. It's fruitful. It's wonderful. It's great, right? The church is growing phenomenally. And imagine your friend, Rachel. I met a Rachel. What's the Rachel? Can you raise your hand? Hi, Rachel. I told Rachel she has a wonderful name. Isn't Rachel a wonderful name? <laughs> I know you're too shy to admit it, but it's the truth. Anyway, yeah, imagine Rachel, she goes. And in chapter X3, what happens? Peter heals a lame beggar. Imagine Rachel, and she goes out with her friend. And they go on the street and they say, hey, you know what? We pray for someone, and that person got healed. What will happen in this group? You guys will be happy and excited. There'll be so much faith. And then Rachel go to Joanna, oh my gosh, I don't know, but I just prayed and Jesus healed the person. Great. And so what? There is excitement, there's faith, that's building up in the church. It's great. And this is only chapter 3. And then now we, we, we are going to launch right into chapter 4. Because all these blessings are happening. It's fruitful. They're growing. But slammed right in their face is then opposition. So fast. Come on, God. It's just... The beginning, why must it be so hard? We're just beginning, we're just starting. And opposition comes our way. Chapter 4, your great leaders, 
Peter and John. So who is the great leaders in this loud generation ministry? Joanna and who else? Only Joanna. Yo, I, I'm, okay, I believe there are secret hidden leaders in my midst who are just so humble they don't want to raise their hands or admit their presence. But they're with you even right now. And imagine all of them get thrown into jail. <laughs> right? The truth will be, so what are we going to do? What will happen? It's just started. I mean, Jesus promised all these awesome things. Is this it? Is this the end of the plan? I mean, God, you just want all our leaders to be thrown in jail and captured. What, what's going to happen? And so this is the text in Acts 4, 1 to 3, right? The priest and the captain of the temple guards um, and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed as the apostles were teaching and proclaiming Jesus. Tell your name, it says proclaiming Jesus. This is the reason for they, they went to jail and they seized Peter and John because it was evening and they put them in jail until the next day. They put them in jail just because they proclaimed Christ. It wasn't like they did something really wrong, like they stole something, they murdered someone. They were just preaching Jesus. Imagine just Rachel. She prays for a sick person, the sick person gets healed, and then Rachel gets thrown into jail. I mean, you're going, what is going on, Lord? And so we must begin to understand the problem first. There is a problem, a huge one. When we step out to do things for Christ, sometimes people will not embrace and they may impose. And sometimes it may be the ones even close to home. The Pharisees and the people, they, they didn't want these group of Christian followers to, to make it. There was a problem. The high priest didn't want them preaching the name of Jesus. The Sanhedrin, which is a group of priests and elders, threatened and warned them not to preach in that name. Um, the problem, what is the problem? I mean, your key leaders just got put into jail. Do you know what other things could come their way if they continue preaching about Jesus? Can anyone make a guess? Okay, well, you know, the current problem in their era is that they're living under Roman law. The Romans are not one of the most kindest people. I mean, you have seen the battles between people that fight to the death. And just for preaching the name of Jesus, they could get flogged. They could get whipped with, with, with stuff that it would just claw into their skin. And when you rip it out, your, your, your flesh would tear off. I mean, it was real. Fooling Jesus wasn't just something that sounded fun. It had serious consequences that was ahead of them. And that was a problem. How many think that is a problem? It proved the challenge, I mean, in that era. And mind you, at that point of time, the church is just beginning. Nobody has a manual. They couldn't have gone to university for four years and figure out how to grow a church and read a manual. I mean, they were all discovering this as they were journeying through. The problem, which I mentioned, is at this point of time, you know the disciples actually journeyed with Jesus for how long? Yeah, there are about three years. And guess what? Jesus left. You know it's different when you're following a leader and your leader says, hey, you know, guys, we're going to go ahead. You know, you feel like, okay, 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 Ken, don't worry. You know, Joanna will always be there. It'll be great. 
But suddenly Joanne is gone. And everybody's looking at you to the leader. I mean, that kind of pressure is a different dynamic. You're going, yeah, I believe in you, Jesus. I love you. But, but you're God. You're not here. And you're not physically here with us. What's going to happen? These people were inexperienced in leadership. They were not militant in nature. In the Roman law and the empire, they had legions. You know how, how many people were in a legion? Guess. 400. Well, close, about 6,000. So imagine they sent a legion to you. Oh my gosh, how are you going to fight them? And they're fighting um, institutions that existed for 100 years and they just started only four chapters. How are they going to overcome institutions over 100 years? So my point is this. There will be problems in life. This is called fact of life. Turn to your neighbor and says, fact of life, there will be problems. But the outcome of it depends on what you do. You know, young people, I have to tell you something about life. Whether you like it or not, we are all growing up. You can help it. I'm not very old. I don't like to admit my age. I'm getting slightly older every year. I cannot help it. Uh, but the recent pains of growing older is getting white hair. Don't worry, I died before I came. <laughs> right? And the worst thing was the other day, I almost Googled how to prevent hair loss. Can you imagine? I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy. I'm young. Help me. But we're going old. We face problems. I don't know what kind of problems you face. Maybe right now it's not the hair loss problem. Maybe it's the loss in the exam problem, loss in the school problem, or you face trials in your life, your teachers are hard. I met this wonderful girl, um, and she was telling me it is so difficult sometimes to be in school. You get neglected by your teachers. She, she fractured her arm doing CCA. I mean, school can be tough. I mean, she's in drama club, and they have to run. I don't get it. I'm like, What? You're not in athletic club, you're in drama club. You use your mouth and hands and you're running. I'm like, yeah, school can be brutal. Exams can be exhausting, right? We have problems. And what do we do? And you have two choices. A, you can break down. When problems and crises come in life, you can break down. Or B, and then option I want to give you is that you can begin to walk in breakthrough. You can begin to walk in breakthrough in your life. I believe that this is what marks us different when we have Jesus in our hearts, is that we don't just need to break down, but we can walk in breakthrough in our life. Because problems and challenges is a common denominator to all mankind. But to have breakthrough in our life, it's subjected to Christ. And Christ can give us breakthrough in our life. Amen. Will you turn to your neighbor and ask them, you want to break down or you want breakthrough? You see, you see what they say. You see what they say. I don't know what you're going through right now. I don't know what problems are coming your way. I don't know what challenges are up ahead. Maybe your problem is the person you like don't even like you back. <laughs> oh, that's a big problem. No? Sometimes they're so painful, right? And smiling because it's true. 
I mean, come on, you guys are a bunch of good-looking people here. I'm sure some of you like each other here. And then everybody's looking down. You just gave yourself away. Sometimes it's tough. Some, some of us face problems once a day. You hear your alarm clock in the morning when you have to wake up. That's a big problem. <laughs> it's too early. I have to go to school. Yuck, you know. We all face problems. Some of us face problems more frequently than others. But you get to decide whether you want to break down or you want to have a breakthrough. And it depends on what you do. And I believe that the difference to breaking down or breaking through is this. The key verse in chapter 4 is verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note. Something that... (laughs) Problem also can be sneezing. God bless you. Okay. They took note that these men had been with Jesus. If you have your Bibles, I want you to circle, highlight, put an asterisk, a big star, had been with Jesus. And I believe this is the key to having breakthrough in your life. That the people around you can see that you have been with Jesus. Turn to your neighbor and says, be with Jesus. I believe that breakthrough comes by being with Jesus, being in his presence. And you must understand that these disciples had lived with him. When you connect so deeply with some, someone, something transpires. Maybe you talk like them, you walk like them, you eat, you know, you, you have some similarities. And they had been with Jesus. Now, do you all believe that Jesus was fully man and fully God? Yes. Good answer. Do you know that it is not easy being a man? Yes. Do you know there is temptations pretty much everywhere? Yes. And do you know that Jesus had to become that man for you and I to identify with us? Now, how do you think Jesus succeeded being a man? How do you think he made it? I mean, have you met his disciples? Most of them didn't believe with him. Some still deny him. He asked them to go and bring food and feed the disciples. They, why so much money? Cannot. Hey, you want to pray me? Don't want to fall asleep. I mean, have you been through what he's kind of been through a little bit? When he was born, I mean, there wasn't even a hospital for him. He had to be born in the manger. I mean, he came out, wasn't the most pretty. And how did he survive? I mean, how many of you have siblings? Okay, well, a lot. Have you know that um, sometimes you fight with your siblings? Because also siblings not perfect. Jesus grew up in a family. How did he succeed? Being around humans. Because he was even one. And I believe if you read the Gospels, can you tell me something that Jesus always says? What do you think is his lifeline, his key? Make a guess. Huh? You foolish men. His success is the foolish men. <laughs> I think the foolish man also cannot help him. Uh. What do you think helped Jesus 
to succeed? What do you think helped him to, to live that life? What do you think? Yeah, he sacrificed his life, but how did, he, how did he manage to do that? Who helped him? Huh? Oh, yeah, we say that. Oh, yeah, actually, the right answer is the father. Okay, let me tell you something. How many of you here have a father? Oh, perfect. Very good. The way you would know your father will be different than the way I know your father. Because right now, I know that you have a father. But you know him more than just a name. You know him with a life experience. You have a memory of him holding you, scolding you, loving you, taking you out, buying you something. All I know about you and your father is that you have one. And in Christianity, we need to go beyond just knowing God as a father, but the way we know our own dads, we need to know him so deeply. Because Jesus knew his father. Do you know on earth, heavenly father became so real to him, he had to begin to know him growing up. The Holy Spirit inspired Jesus to know more about God the Father. And when he reached adulthood, you see the messages that he preached and how he honored dad. Whatever the Father tells me, I will do it. I know his heart. The man that Jesus became was the image of the expression of Father, the character, the nature of his heart. As you grow up, whether you like it or not, I I think he will reflect a little bit of your parents. Because you're so much around them. And Jesus had been with the Father, and something transpired in that relationship. And so Jesus be, be, hangs out around his disciples, and his disciples begin to get the heart of Jesus. So when I say, have you been with Jesus, I, I mean, have you been around his presence? Have you been around his word? Have you been around him? Have you saturated yourself, immersed yourself being with God? Because Jesus did that. How many of you know when you read the Bible, you read stories, how Jesus would go away to a quiet corner, to a mountain to pray, to see God's heart. I mean, come on, being on earth is difficult. And he found refuge and strength in the embrace of the Father. As a man, but as God, he found strength in hearing the Father's voice. And if Jesus, who is also God, had to be sustained by a very important prayer life, may I suggest to us, how can we think we make it without one? How can we have breakthrough if we don't have a strong, private prayer life with God? You know how many of you, you, you and your parents come to church together? So you come to church on a Sunday in this large gathering with everyone. But how many of you know that that has its benefits? But for some of you, you also enjoy time spent with your dad when maybe he picks you up from school and you have that private time with him in the car and you talk about your teachers or your life or your struggle or your problem. You talk with your parents one-on-one and you have this attention. You know it's different. Do you know there's some things in our relationship with God that, that we can get in our private life with him that is so unique and special, that strengthens us, that, that we can't get from a corporate setting? But there are also times in a corporate setting with God or with our parents that we get that, 
that is different that we cannot get in a private setting. And Jesus had breakthrough because he had intimacy with God, the Father. And I'm asking you today, do you have that intimate time with God where you're talking with him, you're communing with him, that your prayer life is strong? I want you to know that breakthrough comes from a strong prayer life. And breakdown comes from having no prayer life. And I cannot live the life for you. You have to live it yourself. You have to figure out, are you breaking down or are you breaking through? And I want to urge you to develop a strong prayer life. And that simply starts with talking to God. Using his word to talk to him. So... The test comes is after this meeting, we end, we close. You have some author meeting here. (sighs) You go home and you live your life. That's your defining battle, the internship of life after the meeting ends. So let's track back with me in Acts 4 when they were put in that situation. Remember 4, 1 to 3, it says this. They seized Peter and John because it was evening and they put them in jail. Okay, this is a bit of a tricky question, but I still want honesty. How many of you here have been in jail? Oh, thankfully not. I also haven't. Hopefully I never will. Now, jail is not something we really want on our resumes. I think she would dread the phone call she goes, I'm in jail, can you help me? I think, oh Lord. Right. But imagine now your senior leaders are in jail, okay? This is only chapter 4. I told you the church is starting. It's wonderful. What happens when you meet life-defining moments? I urge you to consider what you think went on in their conversation in jail. So I have a picture of jail. Okay, I bet it didn't look like this, but they were in jail that night. Peter and John. What do you think they talked about? What do you think went on? I mean, when you go to jail, first of all, it's kind of depressing. Because all around you are other criminals. You were here. I can't really make it like clanking of metal. People dragging their feet because they have chains stuck to their ankles so they can't run. It probably stinks really bad. It's probably this really depressive, oppressive kind of environment. It looks bleak because you're not sure what really happened to you. And you have Peter and John. These people who walked with Jesus, what would they talk about? And I believe that when you put two people together who, who have a strong prayer life, who have walked and been with Jesus, not only that people recognize it, I don't even know how they did it. How did they know they've been with Jesus? That must have been an anointing on them. But something has transpired. And in a place of bondage, in a place where they had chains surrounding them, I believe they had a heart of freedom. See, it's in those moments you get to decide when life throws a curveball, when a problem 
comes and boomerangs in your way, how do you respond? And what in your inner life will come out? What you truly believe about God and what he has for your life will come out. Yeah. What really is inside of you, you can say, oh yeah, God is our father. But do you really believe that God is your father? That he is for you? He's not against you? And look at this. Pretend it's chains. Actually, I wanted to buy chains. Huh? Then think, I, uh, where am I going to get chains? <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to put on my mic so you can see. Imagine I'm in prison. Imagine what Peter and John think. Imagine what they're talking about. Can you guys hear me? I think it's fine. I can't believe it. Hey, Peter, do you remember the time when Jesus said to us, "This will send us the Holy Spirit"? Oh yeah. Jesus said, you know, if a young man can carry the stone, so will I. And then he said, you know, but what if you fail? I can stop you to bow. And then he said, no, but wait, wait, the Holy Spirit will come. And we have never experienced that. And what happened? When we gathered, we just prayed for days, and we didn't stop, we had faith. But then, oh my God, remember we
legions of angels to come and save him, but he doesn't say yet. And so many times I just keep thinking, do you remember Jesus and what you told us? He died. Do you remember what you did for him? Do you remember Christ? Oh, he's terrible. He even told me I would be Inner prayer life will 
talk about God. And right there in, in jail, they had a choice. They could decide this. Let's give up. Now, I want to encourage you that what I, what I love to do, is, then you ask me, you know, but how can I experience this, Jesus? How can I interact with a piece of paper? Can I tell you this? You're not interacting with a piece of paper. You're act, interacting with a living God. So what I like to do is this. I like to read my Bible because it's the closest I can get to knowing his heart and not go wrong. So I want to give you a quick how to, if you're looking at me and going, I want breakthrough, I want to have a stronger prayer life, but my prayer life is not always going so well. This is a little how-to to help you. Just nudge your neighbor and go, this is a little how-to. Quickly, so they understand where I'm going. Go, go, go. Okay. One of my verses that I like to pray is this Ephesians 3, 16, 19. And it says that he will grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. What helps you to, be, to break through it has strength in your inner man, to be strong within, that Christ may dwell. Christ may dwell means his presence may surround you. Do you want even more the presence of God? Hey, actually, i tell you something. If you don't want, you don't have. Don't look to your leaders around you. If you don't want, you don't have. If you don't ask, you don't receive. If you don't go, you don't get. And you ask, Lord, give me more of your presence. In your hearts through faith that you may be rooted and grounded in love and able to comprehend. Comprehend means experience and understand. I want even more revelation to experience and understand the love of Christ with all the saints. Notice that we have individual walks with God, but we also have a corporate calling with a body. That there is revelation that we will get corporately about the love of God. That only when we gather in a corporate setting, oh, His presence breaks through, a word is spoken, that faith, that power, and that agreement 
to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. We need to believe that God wants to fill us. But if you only want $2, he only give you $2. How much you come each time you gather is how much you will get. If you're willing to live without, you will go without. I tell you this, later on, I'm confident of this, but most of you will feel hungry. Yes, yes, I am confident. At some point, you will feel hungry. And the hunger will cause you to spend money. To buy something, to go somewhere. And to fill your tummy up. That's what hunger does. How hungry are you for a breakthrough in your life? For a breakthrough in your ministry? For a breakthrough in your church? What are you willing to do? Are you willing to come on another night to come and pray? Give of your time and your effort because you believe you want it. Because you want to be satisfied by God. And when I read a verse like this, I will talk to God. Two things. Turn to your neighbor and say two things. First thing, you find a promise to believe. Isn't it? Right? You go, okay. You promise to strengthen me in my inner man. Can we pray this, Lord? Strengthen me in my inner man. It's a promise, and I believe it. Every day I pray this, Lord, strengthen me in my inner man so that when I have a problem like jail, I'm not going to break down and be defeated. I will have breakthrough. But prepare me now, Lord. Thank God Jesus had time with the disciples, that three years of preparation. Come on, Jesus gives us time of prep, but we must prepare. And I pray promises, Lord, I believe it. You will strengthen me. And I declare it over myself. And I have truths to obey, which is together with the saints. So I know that I need to have my private prayer life, but I also need my corporate prayer life. So I say, okay, God, give me, help me. Maybe this week I don't watch a movie. I'm going to come for a prayer meeting. Because I believe that my voice is important. When I come, there is corporate power and agreement. I don't know why you give me the dignity that you actually care about my prayer. I mean, sometimes I pray also broken English. I don't know whether you also understand. Sometimes, you know, they pray all these eloquent prayers. I don't know whether it does just my prayer actually make a difference. Yes, it does. If your life didn't make a difference, he would not have created you. I'm going to be honest. God doesn't create or make accidents. It doesn't go, oh, oops. Big bang. The world was formed. Come on. Our God is not, in, it's not by uh, accident. He's intentional. You have a voice. You have a purpose. And I'll pray this in our dialogue with God. And so I want to encourage you, you can use these texts, this verse, to talk to God. Have a private time where you use the word to talk back with him. Then you know it says, use the word to talk back with him. So we need to understand, we need to have our private prayer life, but we also need to have our corporate prayer life because there's some revelations that I can get in my personal time with God, but there's some stuff that I can only get in a corporate setting. So this is how I show you what happened in jail, that private prayer meeting, how it affected that corporate prayer meeting. In Acts 2, verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that to the chief priests and the elders had said to them, so they told him, hey guys, if we continue going on for Christ, we're going to get persecuted. Do you want it? 
They put us in jail, they might put you in jail. What are we going to do? But because they had that private time of finding strength from God and the word of God becoming alive in their heart, this is what they prayed. Verses 24 to 31, Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the people plot in vain? The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers come together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in the city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you have anointed. They did what your power will had decided before hand should happen. A lot of words, but basically this. There is a sovereign Lord reigning over us. We don't understand how. We don't get to write the story, but he is in control. He has never left us. He's always watching over us. There's one thing we need to begin to understand. We have a sovereign Lord. And he's working and watching over our life. But when problem arose, the question to have a breakdown or a breakthrough. And this is what our forefathers of a church prayed. Not, Lord, I don't want to say yes. Not, Lord, the battle is too difficult. The oppression is too hard. The work ahead is too much and stressful. It might cost us our life. God, I quit. I don't think you are worthy of my affection. I don't think you're worthy of us pioneering this new movement. Let's just give up now. The forefathers of the church prayed this powerful prayer. If you pray this every day, it will change your life. Praise is so simple. Now, Lord, now. Consider their threats. You hear it. You know what the enemy is saying. You know what people are saying. Oh, we're not good. We're not going to grow. We're not going to make it. I'm not going to be a cell group leader. I'm not going to pass in my exams. I'm not going to do well. I'm never ever going to lead worship. I sing really bad. I can't play music. I can't be evangelist. I can't be a preacher. You know what people are saying. You know what people, what, what they're talking. And... Enable your servants. You help us, Lord. Your power that raised Christ from the dead. Your power that created this earth. You, Lord, enable us to speak your word with, what does it say? Did it just say boldness? No, no, no. There's a, pre, there's a word before that. It says great. Tell your name, it says great. You see, this is the beauty of the church of Jesus. When opposition comes our way, when the enemy torpedoes fear and intimidation into our life, our strength on the inside doesn't cause us to cower away in defeat, but causes something to arise. I believe this is the lion of the tribe of Judah. It is this victorious voice that comes out saying, God, you know what? If you come at me, I will come at you with the word of God, for it is alive and active, and it cuts. Oh, it convicts and brings truth, deliverance to this people of our earth. That Jesus, that name 
above every other name brings healing and deliverance. And this is what our world needs. So God give us great boldness. Not to cower in defeat, but to speak out your truth. Great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal. To partner with Christ, to partner with God, to bring healing. How many of you here know friends who are broken? I don't know. You live in the real world. I don't know what world you live in, but I live in a world that really needs God. Many hearts are broken. They are hurt. Broken families, disappointments, physical ailments. People need Jesus. We can't make it on our own. You try, but you will fail and fail hard many times. And it says, stretch out your hand to heal. Perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The more they tell them not to talk about Jesus, the more they can't help but talk about Jesus. Because Jesus heals. I mean, you know the life of Peter. You see, the same test came his way, right, at the cross. Do you know Jesus? I don't know him. I'm not his disciple. Shame could have kept him quiet for the rest of his life. But Jesus redeemed him. The enemy tried the same attack. Peter, we will kill you if you talk about Jesus. And you see how Peter passed the test. He keeps preaching and talking about God. He became the father of the church. And I say this, after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. Who was listening to their prayer? Hey, this no-brainer. Who? God. But more importantly, friends, when we pray, God's heart is moved. And when you move the heart of God, what happens in heaven touches earth. God's heart moves so much that earth was shaken. Now imagine what Jesus said to the Father. Dad, remember these ones? They deny us. They didn't even pray with me when I asked them to pray. But look, when the problem came, what are they saying? They're putting faith in our words. Father, they look to you. They trust you. They believe. And how could the Father not? Give all of his power to empower them to preach the gospel. I mean, you study the rest of Acts, they, they pretty much hit the whole known world then. God really gave them courage to speak the truth. He backed them up. I want you to know today that God hears you when you pray. When you pray privately and you say, God, I need help, I'm desperate. He helps you. He hears your voice. He is moved. You are not talking to air. You are talking to a living, breathing God who has power and life. And so I want to say this. The church in Acts could have died in chapter 4. At that jail could have been that break or die moment. Ah, forget it, forget it. Let's not do church anymore. Let's quit now. But a private meeting with God 
brought courage, faith. That birthed a worldwide church movement. The bride of Christ didn't die at chapter 4, but it grew leaps and bounds. And somehow, 2,000 years later, that gospel is still spreading. People are still going for the name of Jesus. It is still touching lives. Someone came to Singapore. Someone built this church. And there we are. We find ourselves today, 6th of September now, quarter till 6, talking about the name of Jesus, whose power has not failed but still exists. A church on fire. What does that look like? What does that look like to you? I say if you want to see the world impacted, we need to let the word of God impact our heart first. What does a church on fire look like? Today you are at a point in your ministry, in your life, as you're going through the series of X, what would it look like if the people here at, what is the name of your ministry? Lord Jen. What is the name of your ministry? Okay, yeah, correct. You must say it like you mean there's the synchronized meaning to your name, right? Loud is so that people will know about Christ. Loud, strong. And I believe that if we can have a strong prayer life, we can have a strong church. We can have breakthrough. I want you to know that I'm believing God for you guys to walk in breakthrough in your life. What do you want the end of this series to look like? If the church in X4 multiplied and grew, what would it look like for your church? What would it look like for your friends? What would it look like for your world, for your community? But the question is, do you want to have a strong prayer life? Do you want to partner with God? Do you want to say yes? And so, my question to you today is, do you want to break down or do you want to break through? What do you want? And can I have the worship team to come up? I don't know what you might have been going through in your life, in the seasons that you're in, but I want more of God. I want there to be life in my prayer life with God. I want there to be strength when I'm talking with Him. Now, how many of you here say to me, Pastor Rachel, it's true. I want to have a stronger prayer life. Can you raise your hand? 
I want to have a stronger prayer life. I want more of you, God. And so what I want us to do in the next few moments is that we're going to take a time when we're going to pray and ask the Lord. Amen? I can't, I can't live that life for you. I can only stand with you. And that's what I want to do today. And so I want to invite us, can we come to the front? We're going to have a time of worship and prayer. I just want to put this here. Y'all don't have to push I can come to friend. There's no like elephant or whale here. <laughs> and today what we want to do is, you know, just how like Peter and John, they talked about God and their hearts burn. I want you to begin to talk to the Lord and let your heart burn. I just want you to begin. We're going to spend some time just asking the Lord to come and fill us up on the inside. I don't know where you've been in your life. It's been dry or it's been tough. But today we're going to take the time to wait upon him. We're going to take the time to ask the Lord to come and, and strengthen us in our, in our inner man. So don't worry about the person on your left. Don't worry about the person on your right. Father, I'm asking today we are here. We're saying that we want more of you, God. You see their hearts in this room. Lord, you know where we're at. And God, we're going to ask for more today. Holy Spirit, we need more of you. So even right now, I just want you to, to open up your hands in a posture to receive from the Lord and just begin to talk to the Lord. What do you want more? Hunger. What do you hunger for, God? God, I, I want more of your word. I, I want more joy in reading your word and prayer. What is that? Just begin to ask the Lord. Just begin to talk to him now. Um, and if you pray in, in tongues, I just want to encourage you right now. Let's just begin to engage. Lord, I'm asking for more. We ask for more, Lord. Will you fill us up? Will you fill us up? We don't want just inferior pleasures in this world. We want to know your heart. We want to know you more. You talk to the Lord. He's right here. He's listening to you. Lord, I'm asking even increase even right now. You know all of them here. God, we're waiting on you. We're asking for more. Will you come and touch hearts? Touch hearts even right now. I'm asking let your presence be so real. So real. Some of us are so dry. It's been so hard. It's been too long. Some of us feel too much shame. Father, I ask that you break that off even right now. We break that off every shame, every condemnation. We break it off even right now. Thank 
We're just going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to sing, my heart will sing. But there's no other name because we want to call upon the name of Jesus in this place. Lord, we look to you right now. We look to you, God. Lord, we lift up the name of Jesus. And your name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that you are Lord. My heart will sing. My heart will sing no other name, Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing. We lift you higher, God. Oh, la la la, show la. 
draw close to you draw close to you father i'm asking today would there be a transformation would you baptize us with fire lord would when we read your word would it burn in our heart i'm asking lord for a genuine love of the word of god i'm asking lord will you draw us back to the secret place would you mark us holy spirit will you mark us today the love of Jesus, God. I'm asking, will you teach us how to pray? Will you open our hearts that our affections is set upon you, not the things of this earth? God, I'm asking for a confidence of faith that comes from on high. I'm asking, God, would you bring revival? Revive this loud generation once again. Revive our hearts, God, that we can feel what you are feeling, what you are thinking, God. I'm asking, will you come in? Will you breaking with your power, breaking with your spirit, and touch lives, even today. And I want to invite, if there's ministry leaders here to pray for people, just ask the Lord, I'll pray for people. I want to pray uh, for, for you to be to encounter the love, encounter the power of Christ, because you need to know what Christ is thinking and feeling towards you. So if I have prayer leaders, or prayer leaders here, can you come and help me pray for the people, even here? Um, but as, as they're praying for you guys, I just want to, I don't know, because I'm a preacher, I love the word and something's burning on the inside of me. And when I was very young, I never wanted to preach. I mean, I want to do a lot of other things, but preaching wasn't one of the things I wanted to preach or to be a preacher or to do. But God kind of marked my life. And you know, one thing that kept the churches going was people who were confident to preach the gospel. And I just want to know today, is there anybody here that says, you know, you, you have a feeling in your heart that God has called you to preach, whether at a cell group or in your school or in your church, the gospel of Jesus, and you want to pray for a boldness, you want to pray that God will extend his hand to heal, to heal when you move, when you partner with you, can I, can I have you raise your hand, and then I will come and pray for you. Is there anyone here that says, you know, I, I sense God calling me to or to teach, to go lay hands on the sick. I want to pray for you. Just raise up your hand and I'll come and pray for you. If not, in the meantime, the leaders will come um, and pray for you. And you guys can continue to play and worship.
know, let's just keep um, seeking God. And let's just really just come into His presence and, and, and really cry out for more of Him. You know, there's, there's, there's God sees the heart, God sees the hunger. You know, it's not something tangible that we can like present, but God sees your heart. And, and let's, just, let's just really press in for more and let's cry out for more. And leaders, we can go around and pray for people.
from the cup in your head Lay back against you and breathe Feel your heart beat This love is so deep It's more than I can stand I melt in your peace It's overwhelming I want to sit and Drink from the cup in your head Lay back against you and breathe 
more of your glory to be overcome and overwhelmed setting when they come for corporate prayer it will have a breakthrough a corporate church breakthrough so father i thank you for this time we love you jesus we love you holy spirit have your way in all of our hearts and we want to say that we love you jesus and everyone say amen can we just give god the highest praise okay great i hope all of you are Excited to go back and, and really spend time with God and and you know um, today I, I just challenged the leaders and and I want to extend the like you know open trio you know uh, we're 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 gonna spend twenty minutes we're gonna um, um, really try to spend twenty minutes every day praying for revival for ourselves and for Lao Jen okay twenty minutes every day you know we have twenty four hours a day let's try to pick out. 20 minutes, just 20 minutes, and, and let's just spend that time um, in prayer, really impressed specifically for revival in ourselves and, and in Lao Jen. Okay? 
Are we excited? Anybody saying like challenge accepted? Oh, very good. It's on. Okay, so next week we continue um, our, our Church on Fire series. And, um, you know, I want to encourage you that, uh, yeah, why don't you just be bold and like invite someone down to service next week and, and who knows what the presence of God will do. Okay, okay, now we've got to um, evacuate the hall. I mean, like, you know, leave the hall. Okay, see you next week. Thank you.